ringing for the work. They waiting on me like the 15 and the first. I'm killing competition, put them bitches in the hearse. Being diagnosed with a sick flow, with a nurse. Yeah, do it for the city, but the hood getting turned. Welcome back to another episode of the Bubble of the Sports Podcast, everybody. On Spotify, on Apple Podcast. We're back with another episode, episode 59 to be exact. And it's going to be the Cowboys versus the Redskins review itself. Uh, before we get into the game and break that down, uh, another another praise for Anchor because we're now on that website uh, that allows us to be on pod, uh, on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Uh, before we get into the game, I just like to say thank you for all the support again. We talked about it on Twitter off my post that's blowing up, people. But thank you so much for that. I know that I've got a lot of love and support so far. So thank you again. Uh, if you could donate to these podcasts, uh, you can check the link, anchor.fm slash bubbleuts, and it'll send you a link or give you a link to support the podcast, donate. And the bio I have for there is uh, give me money, please. So yeah, it's that simple. That's it. Um, but yeah, a dollar, five dollars, a thousand, it doesn't matter. But now that we're good on that, it's the Cowboys versus the Redskins. And what I want to do here is break it down by quarter, but not only that, but break down some plays that I have film on. I'm pretty serious about this. Things are getting pretty serious. Um, I've just took some film. I'm going to break it down for you guys. If you want, go online, check out the same play. Um, and I'll give you the time and quarter, obviously, just to help you out. But if not, then you're just going to listen to my soothing voice, my beautiful voice, break down the Dallas Cowboys and the Redskins. So here we go, people. First quarter. All right, here we go. So as far as a divisional game, this is very typical to see. is a offense on both sides that comes out flat. Doesn't really do anything extreme. Doesn't do anything spectacular. They they want more of just reading the defense and how they're going to pursue, how they're going to play. And, you know, for the Cowboys and the Redskins to go punts on most of their first few drives, uh, the Redskins actually went deep on a post route on their first play offensively. Obviously, it didn't work out for them. But, hey, good for them to... Try to come out hot, try to come out and catch the Cowboys off guard. Really shows that the Cowboys are locked in. Now, in general, uh, my expectations for this game were not what I really anticipated. Um, It was a great win by them, spoiler. But uh, I expected a little bit more from the beginning. Overall in the game, I saw that really come into fruition. But overall, in the first part of the game, it's nothing worrying, but I just expected a little bit more out of the Cowboys early on, especially in the first quarter. But uh, back to it, the Cowboys secondary really stepped up at the beginning of this game. Not only did they not give up that big, huge play at the beginning uh, for the Redskins, but the secondary was amazing to watch. Even Anthony Brown, who I think is their worst sec- uh, secondary corner, um, even he performed very well. Chidobi Wuje was pretty quiet, but at least he didn't give up the big plays. He didn't look really bad at all. Um, he was just he didn't have the great performance that everyone has been used to in Dallas. It was the, the gentleman coming off of hip surgery during the offseason, Byron Jones, who was also on a pitch count last week in week one. Man, did he look good so far. Um, he had to cover 
the best offensive weapon for the Washington Redskins and Terry McLaurin. Um, and a guy like that out of Ohio State, I, I, I'm a Buckeyes fan. Ohio State is just phenomenal about recruiting wide receivers. You've seen in the past, and a guy like this who is fast, who is agile, to come in as a rookie, take over that spot that John Dodson was supposed to have, he is what the Redskins wanted in John Dodson the entire time. But now they have it in just a revamped version and a healthier, younger version. And overall, Terry had a great game. Over 100 yards, had a touchdown. That came later on the game, so it was kind of a throwaway. Uh, he had a great performance, but it was really important for Byron Jones to basically be glued to this guy, and he did that extremely well. For a guy coming off a of hip surgery, looking that fresh, looking that healthy, it is phenomenal to see Byron Jones from a safety position to a corner position last year and keep on improving ever since then. And he still has room to grow, too. He is one of the best corners in the game. And he's going to be a pro bowler this year, like he was last year, once again. So, great job by Byron Jones. Along with that, the defensive line did get pressure on Case Keenum. He, Keenum was limited to checkdowns to Adrian Peterson, to Vernon Davis, to Chris Thompson. Very much so early on in this game. Um, so, great job by them. We will talk a little bit about one of the injuries that came later on in this game about Antoine Woods. We'll get to that. But still, great job by the defensive line to really limit the Washington Redskins offense. And they only improved from there, especially in the second half. So as we go midway into the first quarter, Dominique Rogers cromartie one of the only decent secondary players for the Washington Redskins. You got Josh Norman, and then they had Dunbar out. We talked about it uh, in the last podcast with their injuries and the plethora of problems that they're going to have with their injuries. But Rogers Cromartie was their second best one after that. Uh, and that's not saying much just because of the fact that he had a lot to handle. So it was really on Josh Norman to really take care of his assignments and step up for that secondary. Well, Cromartie limps off the field midway through the quarter. He did come back, not not even a play or two later, but you did see that he was limping. He didn't look 100%. So on an already weakened secondary, the Redskins' problems only get worse, especially against Michael Gallup, against Amari Cooper, and turns out to be Devin Smith. So we'll get to that. Um, but one of the first plays that I'll talk about is... Uh, seven minutes to go in the first quarter. Uh, the Cowboys, on their second drive, they're inside the 20. And it's a third and one. Third and short. But the formation that we're running here. And, and it's it's very Killamore-like. They said it on the broadcast is that they run three receivers, one tight end, one running back, and the rest are your offensive linemen. It's a 11-man personnel. Now, in week one... All the success in the world for Kellen Moore in that offense was run under a three receiver, one tight end, and one running back offense. It's the 11-man personnel. Get used to it in Dallas. Now, on third and one, I guarantee you that last year with Scott Linehan and years past before that, you are going to stack that offensive line. You're going to put two tight ends on each side or on one on each side, two tight ends in general, and you're just going to say, we're going to run it down your throat because this is one yard, this is nothing for our offensive line, Zeke's going to get that yard. But we did have a lot of problems getting that one yard. 
A lot of third down conversions in those lackluster games, especially early on without Amari Cooper. You saw that they were just running a vanilla offense where if the defense just stacks the box with eight guys, they can just play man on each um, on the, the wide receivers. They don't have to worry about the pass. The, why would they throw it on third and one, really? And Scott Linhan doesn't like to throw on third and one. He's going to use Zeke. He's going to use offensive line. Now, the offensive line wasn't as good because you didn't have Frederick. You had banged up Zach Martin, Tyron Smith. Connor Williams was a rookie. Lyle Collins usually didn't run that way with Zeke. So a lot of the times, I didn't like the play call because it was just so predictable. And in general, that Scott Linhan offense was predictable. Now, as we break down this play, third and one, first quarter, 740 to go. We're in shotgun with three receivers. Very hesitant about this. I did not expect this, but it happens so much during this game. It turns out it's actually the, one of the best things that they could have done. So now you have man-to-man on each of those receivers. You have Jason Wynn, who also has a man on him. So you don't have as many people in the box. You have to play a passing type of defense because you don't know if they're going to throw it deep with Amari Cooper or Gallup on either side. Now you have to worry about either Jason Wynn and Randall Cobb in the slot. But then you still got to expect like, hey, they got to run it, really. So what the Cowboys do, and as we play through it, is they're running a read option. And... The only man that Zeke has to beat or Dak has to beat is going to be Ryan Kerrigan. And immediately, as Dak Prescott and Zeke meet up and they decide whether or not they're going to run the the read option with the pass or, or the run to Zeke, Ryan Kerrigan is still. He is plateaued. His feet are solid on the ground. He has to make a decision. And Ryan Kerrigan, as one of the best linemen, or one of the best linebackers in the NFL, one of the key parts to this defense, well, he has a decision to make. But it's very difficult to do that because Dak has the advantage now. It is the first time they're running this play in this game. So, with Dak, he sees Ryan Kerrigan and he sees him stop already. So it's an easy decision for him to say, well, I'm just going to give it to Zeke. He has an open slot or open gap between Ryan Kerrigan and the next defender because the offensive line did a very good job of setting up that hole. Well, Zeke finds 10 plus yards. He extends that play and you get yourself a nice first down to extend that drive. But you're already setting it. You're already kind of setting the president of, well, we can run this play again because they're going to expect that. If we can run it on their best linebacker, if we can run it on them, well, then it's going to be easy if we try to run it on the opposite side with their less or their deteriorated defensive line, their deteriorated linebacker position, and we'll always have the pass play available to us. So great job by the Cowboys to recognize that. Kellen Moore, a real kind of... I guess you could say risk just because it's a third and one. He came out flat in the first drive. So for him to run that, it was very, very interesting for him to choose that play. But the execution was there by the offensive line and Dak made a great decision right there. So as we go on into that drive, they extend it. They get into right around midfield and they're looking good. Now, this is where Dak Prescott threw his one interception of the game, his first of the year. I'm still optimistic about this. I'm looking at this glass half full, people, because what I loved out of this play was the formation. It was the fact that with Rogers Cromartie coming off 
of the field, he's limping already. Now, you want to take advantage of this. You want to take advantage of a weakened secondary. So what what do you do? Now, if we look at this, it is a a third and one as well. So a shotgun again. You have Jason Witten lined up in the slot, but you have a bunch formation with Gallup, Randall Cobb, and Amari Cooper on the left-hand side. And it looks like they're playing man on the defense. But not only that, are you playing that bunch formation? Well, you're moving those guys around. You motion Michael Gallup more to the outside. Amari Cooper moves up. And actually, if you look at Randall Cobb, he's right behind Amari Cooper. It's not even it's not even done yet, people. I love this play. But then you send Randall Cobb into motion. That he's right behind Jason Wynn now. And then... Now, now this is where it breaks down a little bit more because I think in the in that pre-snap motion, in that pre-snap formation, it confuses the defense. You get to read the defense, but there's a lot of talking that needs to go on there because you're sending Randall Cobb to the other side of the field and you got to worry about him and Jason Wynn on the third and one. You don't need to worry about the deep pass, really, unless Randall Cobb's sending to a streak, but then you got Jason Wynn, old reliable. He can send an out route for two or three yards. You get a first down easily. This is where it breaks down, though, is that Connor Williams misses his block on Deron Payne. And Deron Payne, at this point, is the best defensive lineman for the Redskins. Deron Payne obliterates Connor Williams on the line. So he gets through. Dak Prescott actually finds a way to extend the play. He, get, he, he misses the tackle, or Deron Payne misses the tackle. Dak Prescott moves up into the pocket and kind of is offset foot. He throws it to Michael Gallup, or to Randall Cobb, I should say, and it's a little bit behind him. So he's running toward the left sideline, but the the throw by Dak Prescott is a little bit more to the right-hand side. So not only does Cobb have to switch his hips and extend for that, well, Cobb did have an opportunity to catch that. It slipped out of his hands. It was tipped up. It's an interception. Now, I still think this was a great play that you can do in the future, it was just one little mishap with Connor Williams. I think he had an okay game, and Jason Garrett addressed this earlier today, was he's still a young guy, he's still learning. That is the one weak point of the offensive line that I say we need help on, because Connor Williams isn't the biggest guy. He hasn't played guard for that long. He's used to playing tackle. But when you have Deron Payne, their best player, on you, you, you got to expect a little bit more help. You got to expect a little bit more out of Connor Williams in general. It's his second year. So when we get to the point where we play the Rams and Aaron Donald's lined up with Connor Williams, or we play the Seahawks, where it's Jadavion Clowney now on the inside, do you really want Connor Williams to do this again? Because this was really the biggest mistake that the Cowboys made throughout the game. And it's still, they could have salvaged it because of a. Inaccurate throw by Dak, but it was a little bit part of Cobb not getting that ball or not catching that ball. But it, it could have been all avoided and executed very perfectly if Connor Williams makes that tackle or just gets the block. So that's probably my biggest concern about the Cowboys offensively. Uh, everything else from here is praise. But Connor Williams, you got to watch out for him because I think he's probably the one weak point that defenses can take advantage of especially if they're stacked inside that defensive line so as we go on the 
the the Redskins get the ball back. They get a turnover. Great for them. They have great field position. And this is where they get into their long drive. This is what I wanted the Cowboys to do early on in the game is get time of possession, do a long drive that extends from one quarter to the next. So around five minutes left to go in the first quarter, Case Keenum, Adrian Peterson finally found some rhythm and a lot of miscommunication here by the Dallas Cowboys defense, especially on the jet sweep play later on in that quarter where they basically send one of their receivers, jet sweep, Case Keenum gives them the ball, and there was no movement or no communication by the Cowboys defense just because they went by so fast. So that's where you can catch them off guard a little bit more. Um, great job by the Redskins, really. Uh, so one of the plays that I'd say that they can work on a lot and hopefully they don't get taken advantage of in the future, it really was a perfect time for the Redskins to run that play, to get some momentum going, to get some fire under their offense. And it just bled into the second quarter early on where Adrian Peterson, he still has some left in the tank. He finds the end zone on a two-yard run. It's 7 nothing, Washington Redskins. And we start to get into another drive for the Dallas Cowboys. Deron Payne is still pressuring Connor Williams, which is breaking down the pocket. Uh, but luckily for the Cowboys, the Redskins offensively already had three holding calls. Their penalties, their mistakes really helped out the Cowboys. And that's where a great team comes into play. Is that when you have a Washington Redskins team that's making those mistakes, that's getting penalties, you got to take advantage of that. you got to execute that much more to say, well, they got this many penalties, which only led into our scores. And with... The injury that happened to Antoine Woods midway through the quarter, he injured his knee. He's day-to-day right now, according to Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones. So nothing too serious, but he got a guy fall on him, fall on his left knee. It was pretty banged-up play. There's nothing you could really do about that. Antoine Woods, hopefully speedy recovery, but I expect him to be limited a little bit in the next game just because it's the Miami Dolphins. He should be good to go for the Saints and the Packers. Okay. Now, this is where the Cowboys really clicked. This is where I saw what I expected of the Cowboys um, because of the fact that they started this drive midway through the second quarter, still down 7 nothing, inside the 5-yard line, right around the 2 or 3-yard line. And for them to get out of that hole that quickly because they, they really could have made this a lot worse. They, they could have added fuel to the fire. They could have added to the momentum that the Washington Redskins have because it was a great punt. It was inside the five, after a penalty, I should say. Um, so it was really important for Zeke and Dak to get out of this hole early and extend that field. Give, give some breathe room to your offense. That way you don't have to worry about either giving your defense a real struggle uh, just because they already given up so much field, but don't give the Redskins offense that's coming off of that touchdown, even better advantages with their time of possession and their position on the field. So starting inside the five, the first play is a big run by Zeke. Great job by the offensive line to give him that gap. This man finds his way first down and, or second down and short really. Uh, And then Dak comes out on, on a pass But breaks down the pocket. He sees that he has opening in front. So he moves up in the pocket. Doesn't see anyone open. He uses his legs. Now, 
Dak should never have to rely on his legs. But it's plays like these where you say, well, that's why he's such a great piece to this offense. That's why you got to pay this guy is that Tony Romo never really had legs to do this. He never really had the ability to run for 10 plus yards or at least get a few more yards after a, a tackle or when he's about to get tackled. That man would just go for the, the certain amount of yards that you needed and then just fall and protect himself just because of the injuries. What Dak does is that he's still young. Now, I don't want him to take those big hits, but he was smart enough to say, well, I can still get a couple more yards on this play. And then when I see that the pressure is coming on me, hey, just dive, get a few more yards. But it was very smart by Dak Prescott to extend that play, move up in the pocket, and use his legs. Great thrower, but even better legs, which he used a lot of in Mississippi State and what he did in his rookie year. So great job by Dak and Zeke to extend that drive, give him some breathing room. And it was only great from there because on a few plays after that, it is second and seven. And we look at the formation here. We got Josh Norman on Devin Smith at the top of your screen. We got Jason Wynn lined up on the right side. So is Michael Gallup. And then Randall Cobb is actually, or Amari Cooper is motioning on the right-hand side. But it looks to be a run. That's what it looks like. And when we look at it and when we move, when we press play, it's a play-action run or a play-action pass. So when Dak fakes the handoff to Zeke Elliott, you see all the linemen and everybody in the secondary looking at Dak Prescott, looking at Zeke Elliott because they're expecting the run. All the linebackers are staying still. So this opens up enough time and a possibility for a deep pass down the field. And with Devin Smith, and, and you're saying, you're going to say, Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, who is that guy? Well, he's actually been in league for many years. He's actually been with the Cowboys for a long time. It was his first catch since 2015. This man has been through a lot with injuries. But with Tavon Austin out with the concussion, they move up some of their guys from the practice squad, including Cedric Wilson, who I thought was going to be a big part of this. But uh, either way, Devin Smith was another key part of that. He was moved up. And this man took advantage already of his first big play back in the NFL With the play-action pass, Dak is looking down the field, and the way that Devin Smith gets open on this play is he's on Josh Norman. Josh Norman is covering this man. The reason why he got so wide open on a deep post route down the middle is that Josh Norman expected safety help, but he never got it. And this is a thing that is a struggle for the Washington Redskins for so long. Uh, This year, that's what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles last week. Um, But even last year is that Josh Norman is expecting a lot more help from the safety position, but he never gets it. He stays with him, but allows him to go past him because he expects the safety to pick him up on a deep hand route. And Josh Norman is already looking at Michael Gallup uh, going from the right-hand side to the left-hand side of the field, expecting him to to double-team him and not, you know, avoid a big pass. But what you forget about is Devin Smith is still going down the field. And the safety never even thinks about it. 
the safety actually goes with Michael Gallup, and Josh Norman still has to stay with Devin Smith. That one second or two seconds of miscommunication helps the Cowboys get their first touchdown out of the game. They're looking really good. It's a 7-7 game. Great job by Devin Smith. A great, perfect throw by Dak Prescott. Later on in that quarter, it's Jeff Heath who makes a tremendous play. Eh, in a sense. But when we look at this play, it's a shotgun formation. The Redskins have four receivers. And it's man-to-man for every one of those guys. You're playing cover one, basically. Because Jordan Lewis looks to be a uh, spy. Or he looks to be one of the safety helps. But he actually picks up uh, Terry McLaurin on the left-hand side of the field. So now it's up to Jeff Heath to be that help. So it's a cover one. Now, here we see that Case Keenum is getting pressured and he doesn't have a lot of time to throw. Byron Jones is covering one of the receivers and on a slant route, Case Keenum decides to throw to him even though he's basically double teaming and you'll see it um, in a second if you're watching this play. Uh, But he's basically in double team with Jordan Lewis and Byron Jones. Well, then Jeff Heath comes into the play, but he's looking at the receiver. He's not looking at the ball. Jeff Heath, you should recognize that you got to look at that quarterback because you have un- enough help. The the guy's covered. The guy is double teamed. There's no reason for you to look at that receiver or expect a big hit because there's no way they get this ball through. So Jeff Heath looks at the receiver. The ball comes through. It hits Jeff Heath in the back of the head. Well, look, with the rumors going on about Minka Fitzpatrick being traded to the Dallas Cowboys and being their safety, which would be a huge improvement from Jeff Heath or Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods played very well in this game, and Jeff Heath, other than this play, was really just there. Um, I think that Minka Fitzpatrick, and I could be really extending this, I could be just reaching for this a lot, but I think if Minka Fitzpatrick is in that play, and I personally think that he's one of the best safeties in the NFL, especially at a young age. For him to want to get out of Miami and go to a contender, the Cowboys are a perfect spot for that. And with Taco Charlton kind of on the on the brink or on the bubble and on the trading block, really, that'd be a great way for Miami to get some edge help on their defense, but for the Cowboys to get the safety that they've always needed. So I think if Minka is in this play, he recognizes that he's got to stay on that quarterback, look at his eyes, and know that Jordan Lewis and Byron Jones have their assignment completing taken care of so he looks at the quarterback he recognizes that he's going to throw that slant and he picks this off one of the main things about the Cowboys that I don't like defensively they're very good they're very physical they just need turnovers man they need to find a way to create turnovers and give even more chances to that offense I I just don't see enough of turnovers and Rod Marinelli plays a, a really conservative type of bend don't break defense that doesn't focus on turnovers. They get fumbles here and there, but interceptions, they, they're just lackluster in that. I think if Jeff Heath just looks at Case Keenum for one second, he recognizes he's going to throw this ball on the slant. He's already picked it up. He already reads it, and he picks it off. That's a, qu- that's a quick pick six. that He has open fields from there. So Jeff Heath, great play, but by mistake because it just hit you in the back of the head. Byron Jones and Jordan Lewis already took care of that play. So Jeff Heath, you got to be better there, buddy. You got to be better there. We go into straight into another play where the Cowboys have the ball again. They force 
uh, punt on the Washington Redskins offense. Well, here we go later on in the quarter. It's a Dak Prescott to Gallup type of play. It's It should be six points, but from what we see here, just focusing on Michael Gallup, you have Zeke right next to Dak. It's a shotgun, obviously, so you're expecting a, a pass play. But Michael Gallup, Josh Norman is on him. And Josh Norman actually, before the snap, gives Michael Gallup some room. He plays soft coverage, and and the Redskins actually did a lot of this in the second half. But Josh Norman is giving Michael Gallup a lot of room. And I wouldn't want to do that, especially on a second and eight, because the Cowboys didn't get enough yards on the first play to go for a big play down the field. And you don't expect them to go big because second and eight, you can get a curl route, you can get a flat route, and you can get five, six yards, and you're good for third down. I I don't know why Josh Norman is playing so soft on Michael Gallup. So he's basically 10 yards out from Michael Gallup. Dak Prescott recognizes this. He has all the time in the world. And Michael Gallup actually gets in front of Josh Norman because Josh Norman doesn't realize that Michael Gallup is still running the streak down the field. He's running just straight up. So Josh Norman has to make up for that with his speed. The only thing about this that didn't lead to a six-point or a touchdown in general is that it's not the best throw in the world. It's one of Dak's worst throws in this game. But Michael Gallup just loses it in the sun. He loses this ball. And he doesn't pick it up. He doesn't adjust his route. So he has to come back, put his back against the end zone, and basically dive for this ball. And it just doesn't work out for him. So Josh Norman gets beat here. And not in a sense that he just like messed up um, or he's just not strong enough or fast enough. He just didn't recognize that Michael Gallup was going to go that far. They, Josh Norman was looking at Dak the entire time, which in reality, Josh Norman should pick that up. But if you just adjust that throw, if you just get him five extra yards on that throw or Michael Gallup gets that relationship a little bit better with Dak and recognizes like this is probably as far as I can go before I have to turn back and and uh, find the ball. That's a that's an easy touchdown. So a missed opportunity by the Cowboys. It's not a big deal, but I, I love the play. Um, great execution just because of the fact that you recognize that Josh Norman was not playing well or not reading that ball well. So next time, better throw, you find yourself seven points. So as we go on, uh, the Cowboys actually find their way into the red zone. And just a short little thing. Um, the, 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 the red zone uh, offense for the Cowboys, um, is great. I I think they do a very good job because they have Zeke. Now they have options outside, but this is the first time I've ever seen the Cowboys run a option toss play inside the five. You would never expect Scott Linehan to run that. And I don't even think he would consider that, but Kellen Moore, runs an option play to the right side where Dak has the decision of either going inside with his blocks and finds his touchdown or just tosses it out to Zeke. It does get picked up very well by the defense, but I just love that you did that. I love the chance you took and and just trying some variety in this offense. You can do that with Dak. You can do that with Zeke. So great job by Kellen Moore to trying something new. I, I applaud you for doing that, sir. So great job. Um, the Cowboys actually take advantage of some penalties by the Redskins in that drive. 
they actually didn't use any of their timeouts until 20 seconds left in the first half. So honestly, they use all of their, their timeouts usually in the first half because of mistakes or they just mis- miscommunication, miscommunication, I should say. But I, I thought it was a little thing about them that it was great to see is that they didn't have to use their timeouts for dumb things. They used them because of game clock for their time of possession. So great job by them. And a silly mistake on third and goal by the skin secondary on a hold by them. Wynn gets his uh, second touchdown of the year. He's getting close to beating that reception touchdown record of franchise history and get, and beating Des Bryant. But great job by Wynn to find the end zone again and taking advantage of that. So they go into the half looking really good. So we move on to the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Not a lot to look into here as far as plays go. I just thought that the Cowboys finally settled in. The time of possession was what I wanted to see from them early on in this game. It's what they did in the second half. That offensive line really found themselves comfortable. They didn't focus on the pressure or the blitzes. They just played their offense. They never allowed the defense for the Redskins to determine the outcome. So along with the no pressure from the defensive line, the soft coverage by the secondary for the Redskins was amazing to watch because Michael Gallup was having a tremendous game. Amari Cooper was finding his rhythm and so did uh, Randall Cobb. To give them soft coverage like that, you can only assume that they just didn't want to give up a big play and get this out of reach. They didn't want to give up that post route. They didn't want to give up the streak route down the field. They just wanted to play it safe, but that allowed the Cowboys to pick... uh, pick and choose the certain like part of the field that they wanted to basically execute or or just basically pound down into the Redskins defense. They found so many open gaps de- defensively on the Redskins that it just made it easy for the Cowboys to just go down the field, get Zeke going. Zeke ended up with over 20 carries. He had 23 to be exact, 111 yards, one touchdown. He found that to seal the game in the first fourth quarter but overall I I just think that this team is just finding their their comfortable spot the that sweet spot offensively the defense they gave up a lot they kind of just did more of the bend don't break type of defense in the second half Um, Dak Prescott finds Amari Cooper for a touchdown and it was a perfect throw by Dak Prescott in the third quarter I mean if you go two inches to the left on that throw the safety reads it very well, but he just doesn't have enough time to get there. If that's two inches to the left or even more than that, that's a pick six. That is an interception at least by Washington. But the perfect throw to Amari Cooper, and he just cruises his way into the end zone. Great job by Dak. Another amazing day. 26 of 30, 269 yards, three touchdowns, only that one interception. Another great QBR rating. Now, it's not the best thing to see Dak just look on fire right now just because of the fact that I want to see more of just the balance. Um, but if you expect at least three touchdowns or I, I want to focus more on the completion percentage and that rating, I think that's what's going to determine Dak Prescott as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Um, watching the herd with Colin Cowherd, he was talking about how Dak Prescott doesn't have a definitive trait. And for me, that's not true. And he talked about the leadership. He talked about how leadership is what determines Dak Prescott. He's not 
the most agile. He's not the best thrower. He's not the most accurate thrower. But he wins those safety awards for cars and all that. And I get that. I, I agree with that. But it's not that he's not good at everything else. It's just he's above average. It's just not flashy. It's not what you get from, let's say, Lamar Jackson's speed. You don't get it in Aaron Rodgers' accuracy. You don't get it in Kyler Murray's speed or agility. It it doesn't fit what Dak Prescott does, but he fits this offense so well because he he throws very well. He's accurate, especially this year so far. He can run when he needs to. He doesn't need to do it all the time like Deshaun Watson does. But it is the leadership. I think what determines a great quarterback is the neck up. When you look at Drew Brees, when you look at Tom Brady, even in Payne Manning in his later part of the years, it, he was so smart. And, and Tony Romo is probably the best example of this because it's so close to home. But t- Tony Romo was never the greatest quarterback in the league, but he was just so smart because he can do pre-snap, he can do post-snap, and just recognize that defense so well to where he adjusts to that and makes a smart decision. Dak Prescott is a great successor to that, but some more speed, some more agility, and I, I think better overall accuracy than Tony Romo. So when you talk about Dak Prescott, he's not going to win MVP. Even with the contract talks, they, they mentioned it in the broadcast where he said, I don't think I deserve top tier money when I've never made it to a Super Bowl yet. I think I deserve a contract and I'm going to be patient about it, which his agent shouldn't be happy about. But that's just how humble Dak Prescott is and how hungry he is to win with this football team. And that's all you could ask for with Dak Prescott, because I don't want a quarterback that is very selfish that is very I I don't want to sound like very negative about Zeke but Zeke was about the money he wanted to be paid the most and he wanted to be the highest paid quarter or running back that's kind of a mentality that I don't want in players just because of the fact that you're not focusing on winning you're focusing on just the money to keep yourself and in a sense you do need to be selfish but in a Jerry Jones world where it's all about the money, you, you want those standout guys like Jalen Smith, Lane Van Der Esch, Amari Cooper, even, who says he wants to be patient about his contract, and Dak Prescott. Uh, a great job by him to realize where they're at as far as money goes and not put the pressure on them. Just focus on football and get the job done. So just props to Dak Prescott, man. I, I love this guy. He's done amazing over these last two weeks. I don't want him to throw 400 yards because that's putting pressure on him, but Overall, great performance out of the Cowboys offensively. A good job defensively. Antoine Woods is probably the biggest concern so far. Just his injury. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, let's see what goes on there. Uh, But to end the game, you know, the Cowboys really had it sealed. The Zeke run at the end for a touchdown. They just incorporated all the things that they did very well throughout the game. And just continued that with the read option, a little bit of variety in plays. Kellen Moore looks really good so far. And that offensive line, just phenomenal so far. Connor Williams is the one weakness so far, but that can be worked on. That can be improved throughout the season. So in this game, they win it 31-21. to They give up a late touchdown to Terry McLaurin. Um, nothing big there. But I-, I think for what this game transitioned to, especially early on in that game, the way that they adapted, the way that they adjusted, great job by the Dallas Cowboys. I'm only focusing on Kellen Moore and Chris Richard as the coaching staff of this team. I don't think Jason Garrett really does much. 
I've always looked at him as a babysitter for this team. And whether or not he adds something or really becomes an anchor to this team, that's where Jason Garrett is not in my conversation because I just do not care about him. I care about Kellen Moore. I care about Chris Richard as the future for coaching. According to reports today from Adam Schefter from ESPN, Michael Gallup was actually, uh, he went under surgery today for his meniscus. It was anthro, I don't even know the word. Oh God, Uh, I blanked on it. But he went under a minor surgery for his meniscus. He avoided structural damage, which is good. So he should only be out for two to four weeks. It'll be very interesting to see how the Cowboys use Devin Smith, Cedric Wilson, because now they have to step up. Tavon Austin is still under concussion protocol. So Michael Gallup is a big loss. Now, Miami Dolphins next week, you shouldn't have to worry about that. With the game that happened yesterday between the Saints and the Rams, Drew Brees will be out for at least six weeks. So the Saints game now becomes a little bit more... Not an easy game or a layup game, but it makes it much more winnable for the for the Dallas Cowboys. It was one of the games that I thought they wouldn't win at the beginning of the season. But now, going to New Orleans, you don't have Drew Brees. You either have Hill or Bridgewater at the helm for the, the Saints. It makes it a lot more doable for the Cowboys to play a great defensive game like the Rams did and get the win in the in the Dome. Michael Gallup is a huge loss, but if we can get him back by Green Bay... I think we'll be okay. Ease his way back into this offense. I don't think it's a huge deal. If you get the injuries out of the way early instead of late in the year, Michael Gallup, hopefully a speedy recovery, but nothing too serious out of him. Antoine Woods, day-to-day, Taylon Austin, concussion protocol, but everything else, everything's looking, everything's looking good so far. And against the Miami Dolphins, well, boys, we're probably looking at 3-0. I'm not going to jinx it. Knock on wood because... This is, again, one of those games that the Cowboys get cocky in, they get overzealous, they get overconfident, and they may look over the Miami Dolphins. It may be tighter than you think, but hopefully we'll get that win against Miami at home because they look atrocious. They've given up over 100 points in two weeks, and you got the Cowboys that are scoring 30 points already in each of their games looking pretty good. So if Zeke can get 200 yards, if Dak can throw 300 yards, three touchdowns again, good for him. Just keep the momentum going, guys. I love it so far. So this is going to do it for the Bubble Sports Podcast, episode 59, where we reviewed the Cowboys and the Redskins win, or the Cowboys win against the Redskins. Um, We're going to come back later on, uh, most likely tomorrow, uh, winners and losers of week two in the NFL. And then later in the week, we'll do a preview for the Cowboys and the Dolphins. So thank you for listening to this podcast. It was a long one, but I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, once again, leave a like, leave a retweet on Twitter, uh, leave a donation if you could, or just spread the word on this podcast on Spotify, on Apple podcasts, please do. I appreciate it. Thank you again for listening and have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you guys.